Hi, and welcome to Mouse Chat. I'm Lisa, and joining me, I've got Sharpie and Steve. Hey, Lisa. Hey. Howdy, Lisa. Howdy, Sharpie. And Steve. Howdy to Steve, too. <laughs> yeah, you get a howdy. Uh, uh-huh. You get a howdy, and you get a howdy. I Everyone like it. Gets a howdy. howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, y'all. I promise I'm not from Texas. <laughs> well, you're West Virginia. It's a West Virginia howdy. That's understandable. So on tonight's podcast, we are going to be going back to Japan for, I believe this is our third of three. Yeah, this is yeah. our... Yeah, we did. So, uh, this is our, this is kind of our wrap up episode and it's talking about some of the fun stuff we did and it was... Even still, I yep. like, it was such a whirlwind trip that I'm still like completely processing everything we did and all the fun we had and different things we saw. It was, it was incredible. Awesome. We're going to get all the nitty gritty, all the details. And I'm just going to call it the Sharpie show again. (laughs) So one of the first things that I want to make sure to mention uh, is cellular phone access. Uh, data access more, more, more specifically mm-hmm. for anyone who is not doing a guided trip, I would highly recommend either doing an eSIM, which is uh, a, a virtual SIM card on your phone that allows most U S carriers and most U S phones to equally access all of the networks in Japan by buying a limited term plan. Uh, if you need to make landline based calls, like say, for instance, you have work stuff that you, that has to be done via landline phone, you can't rely on, on Wi-Fi calling, or you need, uh, actual text messaging, not, not a messenger style message, actual text messaging. Cause the funny thing is when we got back into Toronto, Mm -hmm. Toronto is Canada, of course. So I still didn't have access. So when we got back across the border into the US, turned my phone off, turned it back on, and I got every standard text message that I received for the entire bing, nearly bing, 2 bing, weeks bing, that we bing, were bing, out. Bing, oh, it was bing, yeah, bing, it was bing, like a a stream of green. Uh, so, yeah, any 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 like uh, automated uh marketing messages, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get any of that while I was in Japan because I only had Wi-Fi access Mm -hmm. because what we did was a traveling hotspot. So that's good. All four of us could access the internet from one single hotspot. And that's kind of the weakness of doing an eSIM. If you are traveling in a group or a family unit, everyone has to do the eSIM on their phone, or you have to upgrade to a plan that where you can do tethering and use your phone as a hotspot. To avoid that, what I suggest is is just doing the hotspot. The the only weakness of it is making sure that you keep it charged. Yeah. Because I would get about, I'm going to say about 16 hours out of it. Yep. Which almost every day meant that it was dying on our way back to the hotel. Okay. Or once we got back to the hotel. So, so. By and large, it served us very well. Uh, one day I did have to connect it to my mobile battery yeah. as we were out literally from almost sunrise to, to well into the night. It was it was almost 11, 11, 30, 12 o'clock before we got into the hotel. So so that that's data access. You need it you, because of train travel. Yep. It's going to be my next next thing I touch on. But because of train travel, you need complete access to be able to book your tickets on the go if you're using the JR pass or you want to book in advance. Um, yeah, we have a hotspot that we, that we bought us based and we would activate it for $5 a day when we would travel like to Jamaica or anywhere yep. overseas. And then we just give everybody the password. If we're going on a fam, like with a bunch of pixie agents in Jamaica, and then I hook up a battery backup to it. So it's just constantly. Yep, Constantly and, and that, that helps keep everyone. Yeah, you got text, data. You can go to websites, get emails. Uh, yeah, but the other big thing to to, to need Wi-Fi in Japan mm-hmm. is your your routing. So, yeah. say for instance, you're you're using Google Maps, 
we're going from point A to point B. It will tell you yep. which subway line to take, the approximate cost, the, it's the, the, the schedule, when you need to be there, literally gives you turn-by-turn turn directions. And you even have the ability to do a visual turn-by-turn. Like it's a, it's like GPS for walking. It, it completely guides you and, and shows you exactly in Google Street View what you need to be, which turn you need to take, where you need to go. So if you're if you're a highly directionally challenged person, as long as you really know how to use Google Maps and and have 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 your ability to get your bearings with looking at landmarks and things like that, you will have no trouble navigating Japan because with all the apps that are available, Wi-Fi, we, we, there was no point in time, even underground on subways and trains that I did not have internet access. Oh, that's cool. No, no dead spots. It was fantastic. So, so that that's, I wanted to make sure to talk about that because that, that really is a lifeblood uh, to your trip. Uh, with the ability to to make that type of directional search for search for restaurants, search for um, uh, lockers that that we needed a place to 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 put our luggage and lockers for for the day. Uh, we we were able to find those, locate them in the train stations, um, and that truthfully that would be my on on that on that kind of same vein that would be my biggest recommendation to japan is you need better maps of your rail stations in yeah. the rail station yeah you uh, could it can be a little hard to navigate you can and i don't know if they they probably have an app um and with they, you have wi-fi do. you could download the app and yeah but but like heads up type of display and signage mm -hmm. is decent but yep. like getting a lay of the land in a train station yeah. can be can be very difficult especially if you're trying to locate platform yeah. 18 in a giant station you're like where where yeah. do we go from here so, yep. so I, I would literally go to be like all the boys i'd be like heads up we're looking for train signage we're looking <laughs> for this line we're yep. looking for this platform it's going to be this color it's going to have this logo on it yeah keep your eyes on the ceiling <laughs> and, and it works i mean that works but there are four of us so if there are only one or two of you you don't have as many eyes looking for signs. So anyway, uh, but, but a really, really quick kind of rundown of what our, uh, what our first, what, what I'm going to consider our first true stop uh, in Japan was, and that's Hiroshima. So talk a little bit about that in our first episode. Uh, I'm going to lump together all three of our Southern Japan. Well, really four Southern Japan destinations uh, and say, if you can spend an entire week just in the south of Japan, do it. There's so much to see. Uh, one of the most interesting things that I found about Japan is how often, and, and, and I say often, I'm talking hundreds of years between, how often their, their center of government and culture moved. So between the different, different dynasties and things of that nature, uh, your center of government and center of culture and center of the, the, the Japanese universe, uh, it, govern government wise, moved throughout the country multiple times. So there have been multiple different capitals, and e that has resulted in each one of those specific areas developing its own sort of metropolitan, and and, and I I use that term somewhat loosely, metropolitan flavor. Because Osaka is completely different than Kyoto in how how it looks, how it feels, and the different types of cultural things that you can find in the area. So it's all based uh, on on the leadership of the day, it, really, or the and, era. And like your 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 like the, the the temples and the shrines, all of that. They all have a lot of similarity, just because of of, of the. Uh, the, the commonality, the, the, so, so your, your, your Buddhist temples or your Shinto shrines or, or, or vice versa. Uh, and those are, it's re I find like the, as all of our listeners know, attend church regularly, uh, and, and, and know what church culture is like. 
churches in Japan are very different. Um, your neighborhood temple was your neighborhood church, even though it wasn't an indoor wor worship space that we would typically think of as uh, Anglo or as American. Uh, it's very different. So each temple has a very, or shrine has a very different flavor to it. And, and, and a lot of it kind of, mixes in with the culture of, of the different neighborhoods that where you'll find them or the different eras that it was built or the different eras that it was restored or, or practically recreated from the ground up in many cases following World War II. So a, a, a lot of the, the cultural things that you're going to find in Japan are highly localized and even one type of food, and, and, and you'll find this in the U.S. too, one type of food in one area is completely different, different than the same label of food in another area. So say, for instance, you have a New York hot dog, you have a Chicago hot dog, and you have a West Virginia hot dog that has, you know, mustard and coleslaw on it. That's They're a West different. Virginia dog? That's a West Virginia dog. That's mm. coleslaw on it. Okay. It's not how I like my hot dogs, but that is a West Virginia hot dog for all intents and purposes. I mean, I, you know, I know the Chicago dog, but I've never heard of West Virginia dog. Exactly. It's it's our little secret we keep here in the mountains. But yeah, can I you say got, you can keep it? Dog. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, you can, you can keep your coleslaw. I, I, I'm of the same opinion. I'm not a coleslaw or a cabbage person. But anyway, I digress. But same thing. You can call it a hot dog, but if you go to New York expecting you're a Chicagoan and you go to New York expecting a Chicago dog on Coney Island, you're not going to get the same thing. So regional culture, regional flavor, regional dialect in terms of food. So your flavors are a little bit different and all of that. So that's something definitely to do some research on as, as like, don't go to Japan and expect there to be a hibachi restaurant on every corner, an, an American-style hibachi restaurant. I think I maybe saw two of those the entire time we were in Japan, and they were there to cater to tourists, not necessarily true Japanese representation of, of, of cultural delicacy. They exist, of course, but they're, they're very different than what has been commercialized in the, in the Benihana style, if you will. Um, so, and kind of going back to, to that Southern, Southern Japan experience, um, I would love to spend easily five to seven days just in each of those Southern cities where we went to say, for instance, just spend a full week in Osaka, spend a full week around Kyoto because Kyoto is, is, is kind of a little bit more famous for uh, the onsen, the traditional Japanese onsen, your your hot springs, your hot hot bathing, um, and then of course Hiroshima. You have a lot of historic sites there because of the atomic bomb. So that that is something to take into account when planning a trip of 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 that size. Say for instance, two weeks, and really the most common. Uh, doing my research, the most common length of time that tourists spend in Japan is a minimum of nine days. We think of vacation in the U.S. as what five, five to seven, to seven days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you add, you tack on a few more days to to the front of the back, and 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 you've got a little bit more time to see a lot more things. Yep. Uh, I was very satisfied with the amount of things we saw, the amount of cities that we visited, the, the differences in Japanese culture and, and customs that we experienced. Uh, and one of the, the most adorable towns that we visited was Nara. Uh, I talked a little bit about Nara on, on, the, on the previous episode and, and, and Nara being home to the Nara Deer Park. Uh, and the different temples that are in the park. But just the city itself had a much more suburban feel to it. It didn't have that big city vibe 
that Osaka had. It didn't have that big city vibe, of course, that Tokyo has, because like I said in a prior episode, Tokyo is drinking from a fire hose. There is just so much to see and do. You could literally spend a month in Tokyo just doing all the touristy things and still not see everything. So, so that's, it's kind of like the, 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 the adage of a Walt Disney world vacation. You can go 15 times and you still probably won't make it on every attraction. Tokyo is the same way, except you can do it for a month. So Nara was a very cute little town. Uh, I talked a little bit in, in, in prior episodes about the covered arcades or the shopping streets. Nara has a really well-developed central center of town shopping street with beautiful shops and restaurants and uh, craft, uh, handmade crafts and pottery and textiles and everything that, that someone in that general vicinity would need. If, if they're, if they're local, they would go to that covered shopping arcade area and they would be able to find it. So whether it's for holiday celebrations, decor, home decor, uh, Japanese tea sets, whatever you need, a street front market with vegetables and things like that, it's there. And the other thing that I loved about Japan is it seemed like everywhere you turned, there was like a, either a, a street side flower shop or there was uh, a florist who had a, a corner uh, a corner booth or something. So beautiful, fresh flowers all over, all over. It was just seemed like they were every little city that we went to, every little area or neighborhood had a florist, had uh, salons, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I, that's something that I love about the vibe of city life is the availability to, to go to different shops to buy those things. And unlike here in America, where we go to one super center and buy everything, or we go to Costco and we get hot dogs while we shop for bulk cereal, everything is very much targeted to that, to maintaining a traditional Japanese home where you don't have a pantry that's floor to ceiling and 10 feet deep to store canned goods for, for 13 months. Everything is kind of more shop local, butcher shops, things like that. Like I love the good that old days. Feeling. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Well, I love that feeling of neighborhood ownership. Mm-hmm. There was a very defined culture in the neighborhood. They take a lot of pride in their neighborhoods and their neighborhoods are very clean, well-maintained. Every city that we went to, that was broadly a general rule you're going to find these cute little neighborhoods tucked in here there and everywhere and they each have their own kind of local local ownership uh, uh, citizens go and the other interesting thing we were in japan during election season (laughs) in nara we popped up out of the subway in amongst the crowd of hundreds of japanese citizens attending a political rally. <laughs> so oh. it was like, it's like, Oh, okay. What we walk funny, into? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The funny thing is like when, when we were in Osaka, we, the, the, the hotel where our, or the neighborhood where our hotel was there, there were these cars that kept driving around the neighborhood, making announcements and like that people would be hanging out the windows and they'd be clapping and, they were like, I was like, I have no idea what you're saying, but it sounds really fun. They were political ads. <laughs> Oops. It was advocating for one candidate or the other. So, you know, we waved at both. We're, 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 we're not, uh, we, we're not affiliated with any yes. of the Japanese political parties. So we smiled and waved. You're like, we don't they, count. <laughs> and they honked the horn. I was like, you can't count on our vote, but we'll honk and we'll wave back at your honking and your, 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 uh, announcements. They were like, they were loud. Like, you know, you traditionally think about a car with speakers mounted on the top and, well, I'm going to think automatically of Blues Brothers. Oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, yes, exactly. you on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of fun to experience. I had, had no idea it was Japanese election season. But yeah, so it was. Uh, 
so it was fun to see. Um, and that was that, that was kind of the, kind of the, just a, sh- a short, short lineup of, of, of that experience. Uh, and then the other thing that, that I'm going to kind of wrap up th- this early segment about our specific destinations is Kyoto uh, and just how diverse it is uh, and just how square it is. It's it's laid out in a very different, very different way than a lot of the other cities that we visited because it, 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 it has a little bit more of an ancient feel to it. Um, so whether, whether age wise, I, I'm unfamiliar with, 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 with all of the details on that, but it just had a lot more, uh, a, a lot more sense of history to it and a lot more sense of, kind of kind of stateliness to it so you have uh a monkey preserve and and bamboo forest on one side of town you have a lot of temples and religious shrines and sites on the west side of town on the south side of town you have uh, a lot of government buildings and more urban feeling to it but each one of those has a completely different, like I said earlier, has a completely different kind of neighborhood vibe to it. So I I, I would love to go back and spend a lot more time in Kyoto. So you know, that's definitely on my list for the future. It's funny because we've been to a, a good number of countries in Europe um, and, and in the Caribbean, too, and Mexico. And you... You can go to these cities and if you go on a cruise or if you're just kind of stopping through, it's mm-hmm. not really seeing it. But I right. remember being in France and we did a couple of days in Paris and that was just awful because it was intimidating and it was daunting and, and scary. Big. And Big. then we went to a smaller town, little country. Oh, place. yeah. We went out. Little and town. Quiet village. Yes. Yeah, we opened Every day, up. like it's the one before. before. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, right down the street, within walking distance, there was a crepery. Uh, oh. I remember the bakery and watching yep. them make fresh croissants. Yeah, in the morning. Oh, my gosh. I think it's just flour and butter and then more butter. And, and, well, a little and it's, the same, it's the same in Paris, too, once you... But it's just bigger, right? But, I mean, there's a butcher and there's cheese and there's yeah, crepe shops yeah. and then there's the bake... There's Two different bakeries I'd go to. But in the smaller towns, you remove that sense of overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Focus it's focus yeah. on the simple things. Yeah, it's right. much, it's and much we could. nicer. Yeah. Well, and we did that in Switzerland, too. And so it was like... Yeah, it's much nicer. Y- you get into these towns and you you might have two or three, maybe four days planned there. And you're like, I wish I could spend three weeks here. You're like, yeah, I, I'm going to cancel the rest of my vac- vacation. And I'm just going to spend the rest of the time in Kyoto. Yeah, and yeah, ironically... Prior to that little French village, uh, we were on uh, DCL doing a Norway cruise and we were tempted to cancel the whole Paris, version, you know, <laughs> spot because we're like, can we get on the next cruise? Because we loved that so much. We did the, yep. um, the Western shore or well side of Norway. We went on to do the Eastern side and they're like, we are sold out. We were willing to just let it all go. We're going to getting ready to Elsa it. Yeah, the towns are nice because you get to know people and you have like, like Sharpie said, they have like street markets and little florists. Mm-hmm. It's like people. And, yeah. And, and you get to know, like I spoke horrible French, but I spent a month there every year. So the lady knew me at the bakery because I went to the, I went to every day when I went to work, I went to the bakery. There were two bakeries. One was closed. When one was closed on a couple, two days a week, the other one was always open. So you always knew which one to go to. Um, oh, and, and you learned how to say what you wanted. Yeah. And I knew how to say. And cafe. Yes. With your I, nice little accent. And then there was a Chinese <laughs> restaurant and I knew the Chinese lady, the old Chinese lady. And every year I would go there and she knew us and we, and I would say craft dough because I wanted a craft of water. And then she would look at me confused every time. And then the people I was with would say craft O and she would say, Oh, craft O. And I would be like, I said this. That's what I said. You're like, that's what I said. It's the exact same. Well, anyways, but, but it's nice. It's, it's when you go for a long time, it's like you're living there. 
and you know, and then when you go back every year, you that's what I think would be it's neat. more than vacationing. You like go to the local markets and you know the people. Like I had all the punch cards and I had the subway, the yearly subway passes and all the stuff. So you're basically just moving someday, from city to city. But yeah. Someday we're going to go somewhere for like a month or two. Like people say that they summer that in Italy. Incredible. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's, it's really, it would be nice. That would be cool. But yeah, and Japan sounds similar where you have these nice small little places and you get to know everybody at the, we had an Italian restaurant that they loved us. We would go there all the time. Oh, it was so good. That's because you guys tipped when there was no tipping necessary. Yeah, we were very generous. <laughs> you were not supposed to tip. Well, because we were there every year and and we were there multiple times. So we always made sure that we were nice. Yeah. And they had to put up with your bad French. Yes. So <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Maybe that was the problem. What country were you in when we you always, we ate so many different nationalities of food in France? I mean, we tried every like food that I have never had in my life. We would be like, okay, we're going out for Ukrainian, whatever, or Turkish, or but I like everything. Mexican, horrible. <laughs> Mexican food. Okay, okay. But anyways, we've, we've we're taking derailed. over. So anyways, so Sharpie, back to go Japan. go back to your quaint little yes. village. Little town, quiet village. Yes. yes. <laughs> Every day like the day before. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that that kind of wraps up like the, just the little, little bit more talk about what we experience in each of the towns. Um if if big cities do intimidate you, Osaka is a great alternative to Tokyo. So maybe spend just just uh, uh, tossing this out there. Spend two days in Tokyo just to see some of the big highlights. Do one day with a guided tour, kind of one day on your own. And again, that's only if big cities intimidate you. But if you're looking for more of that small smaller experience. Osaka is a great base uh, because you can very easily go to, to all of the, the the other areas that I mentioned uh, by train, uh, which segues to the next section and keeps us right on track. Trains. Uh, trains in Japan are amazing. Uh, whether they are your local subways, whether they are a, a cross city line whether it is uh, the, the Shinkansen, which is your your big bullet train, uh, when you when you think about uh, Japan's massive network of high speed rail, th that your Shinkansen is is the general label for that system. So we bought uh, non Japanese residents are eligible to buy what's known as the JR pass. So that's your, your Japan rail pass throughout Japan. You have multiple different companies that operate the rail system. The only ticket that is good across that entire, I'm going to say 80% of that network is the JR pass. And that's going to get you from any of the, the major areas uh, in Japan quickly, easily, uh, our longest train ride was from Tokyo to Hiroshima, and that was about six hours. So it is a train ride in comfort. The seats are nice. They are like there is in uh, once you get underway, there are uh, there's a, a dining cart that goes through uh, so you can you can get coffee, you can get bottled water, you can get food. Any of that is available on the train. Um, do not count on hopping off the train at a station to grab something from the platform. Like if, say, for instance, you want to get off and grab a, a Starbucks that that happens to be on the on, on, on the where there's a platform. Mm -hmm. The trains only stay for three to five minutes. You don't have time to exit and get back on in that time. So so it is very efficient, very time focused. Uh, a delayed train there could be one minute late. Okay. So the, and, and the, the, the chances 
of trains being highly delayed, slim to none. Now, is this uh, similar to like when I would get on a a, a train before, like it w- I didn't have to get on a specific train. It would be like every 10 minutes, the next one just comes through. So, or, or are you on like this dedicated train that goes long distances? Okay. So yes, you, you're, it is a dedicated train. Uh, I believe, and, and, and if anyone wants to fact check me on this one, anyone listening, you're more than welcome. Uh, but every, approximately every, every hour and 40 minutes to every two hours throughout the day, you could get on a train out of Tokyo that is headed South and it would eventually get you to Hiroshima with, with, with a transfer naturally your more direct routes are what you want to do. So for instance, we only had one train transfer during that six hour whole train ride. So we just had to get off and switch lines. It was literally very simple. We got off. Our next train was coming onto the platform across from us in like 16 minutes. So sometimes you will have to make a dash to a train station to make that next one. But the greatest thing about the Japanese rail system is if you're traveling midday, you know, you're going to have another train opportunity. So if you miss your train, you're not up a Creek without a paddle. So you can just get rebooked onto the next leg of the train and not have to worry about it. Unless you step off to get Starbucks and your family's on that train. Exactly. And then you're going to have to wait another hour to get to that next train. So exactly. Well, you well yeah, to catch up with your family. They've now left exactly, you. Exactly. Now, you don't want to do that. And you is and on these more direct routes, is, is it kind of like a high speed rail where it's going super quick? Yes. Or, okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was uh I believe the overnight like road time for that route would have been over 16 hours wow. by road. And, and and we did it in six hours by train. So it it, it is quite the high speed rail. Wow. So six hours. So is there like restrooms, snacks? Yep. Restrooms, snacks, whole nine yards. Okay. Cool. Uh, there are even some like books and magazines available to buy. Uh, and the other really interesting fact that I don't think a lot of people know is Japanese books are right spined where U.S. books are left-spined, hmm. and they read them from back to front. Wow. That's or interesting. Do Fascinating. Or do we? Exactly. <laughs> who, 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 does, who does it right? Who does it wrong? I don't just, know. There is no right or wrong. It's just different. Huh. So. Very cool. But, yeah, so so your average um, speed on, on the Shinkansen lines, on average, is about 320 kilometers per hour, which averages out to about 200 miles per hour. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Pretty How does that crazy. compare to your Amtrak train trips, Sharpie? Uh, Amtrak is <laughs> uh, a, a, a very slow dinosaur. I know. Uh, I mean, even because uh, you did a couple of those. Yeah which is the United States is current uh, soon. It will be soon unseated from this by the, by the uh, bright line in, in Florida, but even the Excella, which operates in the Northeast corridor is 150 miles an hour. So even, even, even by average comparison, you're, you're, you're a lot slower on, on, on your, uh, Amtrak route. So, yeah. uh, whenever you, whenever you do the factoring in of the, not only the stations that you skip because it is, uh, a, a more direct route. Yeah. That's another thing with, with your general Amtrak lines is you're stopping practically in every city, every major city where, where, where there's a station. Um, and that's that's where you make up for a lot of that lost speed. So the your average speed on Amtrak is is typically under 110 miles an hour. So that 
well, yes, that sounds fast compared to auto travel. But whenever you compare that to uh, the speed of Japanese rail uh, moving at 200 miles per hour, which is really your minimum on, on, on that line, once, once you get moving, it's, it's, it's pretty fast. So uh, the great thing about the JR pass is you can book your tickets online. Uh, and then once you get to the station, you just go to a kiosk and pick up your tickets. The one thing I do wish they would improve on the JR pass is you have to enter your passport number every time you get those tickets issued. So, because that's how they verify that you're not, you're not Japanese, you're using a, an international passport. Um, cause you, if you're a Japanese citizen cannot buy the, the JR pass, but I factored it out and, and we saved, we easily saved $2,000 on train fare just by buying the JR pass with the number of legs of trips that we took uh, across our two weeks there. So, so you feel that, very, you know, free to use it whenever you want. Correct. There's yeah. no limit. There's no restrictions. Uh, you can even buy an upgraded JR pass that gets you into the green car, which is what, what would be considered first class. So, uh, three kids, I was like, we're, we're not spending the extra 80 to hundred dollars each. Yeah. To, to do to do for first class we didn't <laughs> that's a luxury you didn't we didn't need well it's uh, not like you're gonna be drinking and sleeping correct yeah so anyway but that's a, a little bit more on, on the train pass it is you once one you can you can buy it internationally and have it sh have the the your uh exchange card shipped to you as long as you're buying it in advance. But I, I skipped that. I did the online purchase and then just had it issued from the electronic ticket rather than run the risk of it getting lost in the mail or anything like that. I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't, didn't want to, didn't want to worry about that. So we, we skipped that. Uh, but, but did, um, uh, did have to wait in a bit of a line to pick it up when, when we first got to the airport. So, and that was the cool thing. The train station is just under the airport. So you just one motor transportation to the next. Jap the, the, Japan does transportation very efficiently. Atlanta so, does have a train station connected to our airport. So I'll give us a little credit. A little, little and, and that's the rarity in the U.S. really. Yeah. It, it's not it's not common. No. I'll take it. Uh, Except yeah, exactly. there's there are no train stations near us in the suburbs. So we can't take the train to the airport. Ugh. That stinks. It does. So a little bit on to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, I, I want to go back and spend two weeks just in Tokyo. There's so much to see and do. Uh, the first neighborhood that we popped up in when we first arrived in Tokyo was Shibuya, uh, home of the famous Shibuya Crossing. Uh, you'll easily find more than a thousand people crossing the street anytime the light changes, especially during the day. Uh, Shibuya is more of a business and shopping neighborhood. Uh, and when I say shopping, I mean your your average shopping mall, not not something that's super super high end, um, but but th that's kind of your average business class neighborhood. Uh, where you'll find a lot of office buildings, things of that nature. Uh, next up is Harajuku. Harajuku is the epicenter of Japanese fashion. Uh, so you're going to find any label, uh, European labels, uh, U.S. labels, Japanese designers, everything from fashion boutiques to art uh, galleries. You're going to find any and all of that in Harajuku. So the, the, your, your kind of world famous, uh, vintage shops are on Takashita street. So you're going to find a lot of street food opportunities there. Uh, that's where we visited our, our, uh, animal cafe, got to see the otters, got to pet the otters, got to hold chinchillas, got to hold, uh, hedgehogs, giant fluffy rabbits. We had a blast. 
the Animal Cafe. If you're going to Japan, be sure to plan to visit an Animal Cafe because they're so cool. Which it's, cafe it's did really you go to? It's more of a petting zoo uh-huh. than it is a cafe, just, just as, a, as a heads up. I was thinking it was going to be kind of more of a, you know, you sip your coffee and and and, and a cat comes a over and strolls sits. by. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. More Definitely more of a petting zoo. But so you, which you pay one did a you flat do? fee for like 30 minutes uh-huh. and you get you you get a couple free drinks. And then they every once in a while bring bring around a hedgehog. To, oh, you, to, you, you kind of go from station to station to visit whichever animals you wanted to. My favorite, absolutely my I loved the otters. They were so adorable. They're they so rascally. otters. That's pretty amazing. So, Oh, they're, they're so cool. Uh, and there, there were, I think there were 13 otters. So it's not like there was like one otter there. There were a bunch of them. That's wow. uh, one of the, one of the cafe attendants w- literally had like an otter stole at one point in time. She had an otter running around her neck and she had two in her arms and it, it was just a cuddly pile of adorableness. I, I couldn't help but think of the, uh, uh, finding Dory scene from <laughs> with with the otters, but it's so cute. But yeah, uh, and uh, also in Harajuku, very high end uh, salons, uh, like hair salons, nail salons, all of that. Uh, you 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 can find all sorts of photo booths. You can find arcades, souvenir shopping, vintage shopping, all of that. All of that is that's where you'll find if you are a foodie and I mean you you're going to Japan for the food scene. Abisu is where you want to go. And that's everything from like traditional Japanese eateries Mm -hmm. all the way up to like really high end foodie cutting edge. The latest in food fashion. Uh, That's where you'll find that. So and we did try American McDonald's, <laughs> Japanese McDonald's and in, in American McDonald's in Japanese because they are very different. Did you is it like kiosk driven? Uh no, they're, they're, oh, they nice. they were you actually they, order. there were attendants. You you can order via app, you can order via kiosk, order but they, they still have quite a few oh, that's cool. uh quite a few registers up at the front. Uh-huh. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't <laughs> tremendous. Uh I had the samurai burger. The samurai burger. Samurai burger. I like it. Uh, Did you have to change your clothes for that? uh, No. No? Okay, good. Well, I almost did because it was very saucy. (laughs) Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, it sounds sounds good. Yeah. So this is just really interesting. So uh, and then what I thought was super adorable is the one I guess she was maybe the shift manager uh-huh. loved my boys. Uh-huh. She brought them. Well, you guys are right. You, ice cream. You stand you stand out a little bit when you're in Japan. We, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, we're 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 Americans. So yeah. yeah. So the boys got free ice cream nice. uh, and, and unlimited supply of condiments. It was, it was like they were, they were doted upon. Uh, I think, I think there were, there was a, 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 a couple of people sitting adjacent to it. I was like, ah, why are they getting special treatment? It's like, yeah, we're That's visitors. Right. Yes. We're definitely not from these parts. So, but yeah, it was about two blocks from the train station mm-hmm. uh, and it was lunchtime. And it was on our list to definitely try either a Burger King or a McDonald's. We weren't going to go all out and try all of the American franchises in Japan. One was enough for me. Um, the yeah. fries were better. Okay. The really? McDonald's French fries in Japan were better. And they still fry their fried pies. Oh. They're not baked. They still oh, okay, that's a big pies. difference. That I remember as a kid. Do you did you do the sharpie as a kid? Like you it's go like through, literally biting off a corner of the surface of the sun. Yes, <laughs> like I remember Mike getting one in the car and my parents, and it came in this little sleeve, yeah. like this cardboard yeah. sleeve, like a yep. hot pocket. Yeah, and it was like the 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 apples gooiness in there was like molten lava. It was yes. so ridiculously yes. hot. I would always get a cherry one. And you were so hungry that you would just, you would try to eat it, even though it was like burning hot. Uh-huh. 
I, I, I can't imagine they would do that ever again. It would be like so many liabilities. <laughs> they, they do it in Japan. That's awesome. They're nice. still fried. The, the, the fried pies are still fried in Japan. Nice. Those were so good. Yeah. I just remember how hot they were. It was crazy. Well, so the next neighborhood in Tokyo mm. is Akihabara. So, and that's where you're going to find, if you are a tech lover, Akihabara is the electronics neighborhood. It is just row after row after row of electronics and cameras and all of computers, any and all of that. You're going to find it there. You're going to find stores that sell it new. You're going to find stores that sell it used. You're going to find models of laptops that make your average U.S. gamer folks drool because you can buy them at a lower price, but you have to be kind of careful about paying taxes and duties and all that stuff and understanding how all that works if you're going to do that. But arcades, games, all of that, uh, tons of anime. If you're if you're into anime and manga, lots of lots of all that. There's even cafes where the waitresses are dressed in manga style costumes and all of that stuff. So kind of crazy. Uh, the next area is Imperial Palace. Mm -hmm. uh, and and at, exactly as it sounds, that's where you're going to find the Tokyo Imperial Palace. Um, and that's where the, the residence of the Japanese head of state, that's where you'll find that. Uh, and then uh, the architecture in that area is absolutely stunning. Uh, one thing that I was super, super impressed by is all of the loose stacked boulder, like masonry boulder walls. When you think of a, a stone wall in the U.S., it has uh, horizontal lines, vertical lines. Everything is square. Everything is stacked there. It is triangular stacked. So your points go down instead of being completely level. So really, really cool. Uh, I, I was always, the, the boys laughed at me because I was like, guys, look at this wall. This wall has been here for thousands of years mm -hmm. and not a single stone has moved. It, it's, I was like, look at this wall. This is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful ancient wall. This is just incredible. You don't have to go to China to see great walls. You can go to Japan. <laughs> well, oh They're retaining walls, but you know, anyway. Cool. Okay. So Tokyo's answer to Manhattan is Ginza. So Ginza is sort of your upscale, high rent, $13 cups of coffee. You know, that's that what you think of as high end, stylish, posh Manhattan. That is Ginza in Tokyo. So that that's if if that's what you're if that's the style you're looking for. That's where you can go. Uh, fish market. Uh, Sujiki is where you're going to find that. Uh, another another great foodie hotspot. It's famous for its tuna auction. Uh, so you're going to find find a lot there. We didn't visit that. That was one of the things that, that kind of didn't didn't make it onto our list. Uh, Rapongi is the next one. And that is where you're going to find a lot of nightlife. Uh, so that's where you're going to find a lot of clubs and all of that. But you're also going to find a lot of clubs in Shinjuku. Uh, so you're going to find a lot of nightclubs, a lot of music clubs, uh, the, 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 the two or three jazz clubs that I walked by. I was like, I really wish I could take the boys in there because it's the music that coming out of the door just sounded amazing. Um, but it's great. Rapongi is great for afternoon shopping nighttime life that's kind of where you're going to find find uh find find all of that um i'm going to jump in and and just give you a quick compliment you are doing well what do i know i was going to say you're doing quite well with all these pronunciations but i try what do i, I know try, they could I, be completely I, wrong and and uh, the, it sounds the, good the, the whole thing with japanese is once you know like a little bit about like how to pronounce things, it's pretty consistent, unlike English, where it's not really consistent at all. Um, you know, kind of like the 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 town of West Virginia that's spelled hurricane, but you know, locally we we pronounce it hurricane. But you know, 
<laughs> just uh, you know. Okay. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Odiva is the next one that I wanted wanted to kind of touch on quickly, and that is like when you think about a super futuristic vision of Asian culture. That's and 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 it is Tokyo's newest neighborhood. Uh, it is a man-made island. Uh, really, it started construction in the in the late 1990s. Uh, it, it is a tourist favorite because it's, uh, it's a lot more formal street wise. So you're not going to like, there are a lot of neighborhoods throughout Tokyo where you don't have sidewalks. You have like a lined off area that is for pedestrian walking because the street areas just aren't wide enough where in Odaiba, you, you have your traditional street architecture construction and that that because it is so much newer and there's nothing old there. And again, because it's a man-made island. So anyway, um, and the, the last one that I'm going to touch on is Shinjuku. I talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, more than 200 bars on about six narrow streets. This was about two and a half, three blocks from our hotel. And this is where we went Pokemon hunting. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Always like to cool. play Pokemon go. Uh, and they were specifically sent on mission from a few of their, their Pokemon go friends uh, to find the, the Japan uh, to find the Japanese only their specific to Japan. Pokemon. So we had to go find the Pokemon. We had to go catch them all. Uh, so it was so we had we had a lot of fun. Uh, and the funny thing is, we ended the night at batting cages, completely unplanned. My boys love to go to batting cages, and th there in the middle of the city, there there were batting cages. So I was like, "Hey guys, do you want to go to the batting cages?" They're like, "Batting cages? Where?" I was like, "Apparently, they're inside this building." Oh, that's cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we 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 uh, we went and did uh, did twelve rounds. Uh, uh, four rounds each, each for the boys, uh, of, of balls at the batting cage. So, uh, and, and the, that area is known as the golden gay GAI. <laughs> it's guy, <laughs> golden guy. Uh, that's a pronunciation I'm not exactly familiar with, but that's where you're going to find a lot of different, uh, different clubs to fit practically any, interest or need or desire or want. So, um, yeah, so, so that kind of touches on all of the major areas, uh, of Japan that we were either went through or visited, uh, because they, uh, and Akihabara is, is kind of like the family district, uh, most, most commonly, um, known because that that's where you're going to see, a, a lot of what is current in Japanese culture, you're going to see that there. So uh, it's just, I, I want to go back. I want to pack my bags. I want to go back to Japan. I want to stay, I want to stay two weeks because there's just so much to see and do. Yeah. Now that you've been. The big, the big thing for me going there, I had no trouble at all adjusting to the time difference coming back. I'm still mm -hmm. not completely back to normal and it's two weeks ish later. So, so it, it, it can, it can kind of take, take a hard hit on you. Um, and, and part of the reason is my fault because I, I knew better than the first week I was back to not go back to my normal bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that I've broken those habits, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better. So yeah. What do they say? Uh, a day for every hour difference. Yeah, pretty much. And that, and that's, we, we are right about that. I was going to say you're pretty much in line. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, we're right about, and then the, I think the other thing that really hit me hard too was the voice thing, sinus infection, whatever mm -hmm. it was. Ugh. Fortunately, we're, we're through that phase now. Uh, so I think that kind of zapped my energy a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, so it's the, the beauty of the, the countryside, the beauty of the culture, the hospitality of the people, how kind and friendly and hospitable it, it, it was amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. If you have ever even thought of going to Japan, go. Okay. Don't, don't, don't waste more time. Plan your trip. Even if it's a year from now, plan your trip. Go to Japan. So I have a question. You want to go yeah. back because you only got a taste of it. Knowing that life is short and time with kids is precious, would you rather go back to Japan or check out an entirely new culture? That's a hard one. Mm. You know, you just think about it. Yeah, well, I was there and I loved it. At what point do you stop going back to where you love and try to find another place that you love? And and honestly, and and this is this is a little sacrilegious on a, on a Disney centric podcast. Yes. But I look back at all the times I've been to Disney, and the different things that I could have been experiencing. Even Tokyo Disney. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. Tokyo Disney. Yep. It's like uh, it's time to go see the world a little bit. And, yeah. And honestly, it's nice. I think that was something that I learned from the pandemic was life isn't guaranteed. And you're and the, the way of life that we're all accustomed to yeah. is not guaranteed, even though we still have these new variants of covid popping up. That fully vaccinated. So if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. But getting out and seeing the world that that is yep. high priority for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, a lot of people, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I do hope that before the boys graduate high school, I hope that we can get back to Japan or really kind of long-term think. And, and once the boys are either in college or having their own families, definitely planning, planning to go back. Yeah, absolutely. I think about Greece and Ireland and Ireland is high on my list. Where did you go? Oh, you went to Portugal. You love Portugal, right? Oh my gosh, Portugal! Put it on your list. In Spain, did you go to Portugal? Portugal, uh, yep. Spain was amazing. I yeah, had no so idea. Many. One of my best friends went to Portugal in the fall and just yeah. was astounded at how beautiful it was. So beautiful, friendly, clean, cultural, historic. Go to Portugal. Yeah, my and, goodness, and, and a great and a great exchange rate. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. 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 Well, so I feel like, you know, just people love Disney. It's, and they do this with other vacation destinations too. Like they always go to the beach or whatever, but people get into the habit. They like the familiar, they like going back to the, uh, what with the, the, the suitcase bar over at old Key West and seeing the bartender and riding the rides and and, and a level of familiarity. Yeah. So you get comfortable yeah, and relaxing. Yeah. But then you do these other things and you're like, wow, it's yeah. right. I open, you know, it's, it's hard. Do you go back to what you love or yeah. yep. do you try something new? Yep. And just for instance, uh, uh, spending a pool day at, at Saratoga Springs, there's just something yeah. familiar, comfortable and relaxing. Just whiling the day away in the yep. Florida sun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's awesome. I want to go to Japan. I want you to help me plan my trip. You sound like just it was the best thing ever. So yeah. We're, we're, we're going to talk Sharpie. We're going to talk. One of my favorite moments of the entire trip was in Kyoto. Seeing the temple that, that Braden, my oldest son, wanted to visit uh, Kiyomizu Dera. He like they studied it in history class in the fall. He was like, Dad, we're going to Japan. I want to put this on the list of things I want to see. We did it. We got there at about an hour and a half, two hours before sunset. But by the time we had seen because it's high up on the mountain, it's way it's way up on the mountain above Kyoto and it faces west like the 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 mountainside uh, is an eastern mountain in uh, in the city, and so it faces west. So we got to see from one peak to another across the city of Kyoto at sunset, and it was Aww. just absolutely breathtaking. And that, I will never forget that moment as long as I live. 
It was just absolute beautiful. The time that we had been able to spend together that day, the sense of adventure that comes with it, the beautiful surroundings, the, the, the temple pagoda over on one hillside, a, a, a temple shrine over on the other, and, and even adding in a moment of perfection, the chime or, or oh. not chime or big temple bell, the dong mm-hmm. you, you think of the, uh, of a Japanese temple bell ringing as the background to this sunset. It was perfect. All the sound of trickling water from a little spring. It was, it was magical. It was magical. <laughs> there were no pixies. There were no fairies. There was no Tinkerbell flying across just nature, the sky. There were no fireworks. It was just spectacular. It was amazing. Loved it so much. All right. Well, <sighs> let's go to Japan, Lisa. Oh, I, sign me up. I'm there. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up the show. I'd like to thank Pixie Vacations for sponsoring the podcast. If you have any comments or questions for us, please call us. No, don't call us. You can write to us. That'd be better. Just call me. No, write to us at comments at mousechat.net. Thanks so much for listening. Please, please call us again next time. <laughs> I, think, I think you're about to get an important phone call. Lisa. Apparently. All right. Thank you. Please join us again next time on Mouse Chat. 